Welcome to Commercial Property Podcast. My name is Helen Tarrant. I'm an author, I am an educator, and I am a specialist commercial property bias agent. Now, in this podcast, I'm going to be sharing with you specialist strategies and terminologies and live case studies on how you too can achieve financial freedom through commercial property. Now, if you are looking to buy your first commercial property, want to find out more information to see if commercial property is right for you, or you want to expand your portfolio to two or three commercial properties or even more, then this is the podcast for you. I will be sharing with you live case studies, the journey of my clients and students, and also how we're putting deals together. So relax, listen in, and enjoy the process. Welcome to this episode. You're going to discover how Helen found one of her clients, a blue chip 10% yielding property in outer Brisbane. It's providing this investor with more than $44,000 each year in cash flow. So this investor is actually enjoying more than $3,600 each month of extra income from their commercial property. All the details are inside this episode. Let's dive in. Hi there. Welcome to today's commercial property podcast. I've got Helen Tarrant with me. Welcome, Helen. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here and talk about more case studies. Hey, excited too. Please let's dive in. I know we've got lots to discuss, but on this particular podcast or this episode, we're listening to you walk us through uh, a blue chip North Lakes property in Brisbane. Can we go through just some of the outline, why this was a really good property um, that, that appealed to you and your client and what the outcome was? Because it's very exciting. Oh, this one was um, very exciting. I think that um, when the client actually bought this property, she did probably didn't realise what kind of property it was, like until she all done and dusted and, and it's settled and the figures were in from the bank, she realised how much cash flow she was just making from this property and it just absolutely flabbergasted her. So um, it's one of those that took a little while to put together and while you're putting it together, you're never quite sure how the piece is going to fall in. So... Um, this property, it was one of those times where the property went to auction right before Christmas and it didn't sell because that's a time right before Christmas is a really, really tricky time to go to auction because most people are busy. Most people are not um, looking at going to auctions. Most people are not prepared with their finance. They're thinking, I'll do it next year. So yeah. they're not in a mindset to buy. By the time yeah. you get to December, people are not in the mindset to buy. Now, those who are in the mindset to buy, are still in the market can scoop up actually quite a good deals a few weeks before Christmas because vendors don't want to close their books. They know that they're not going to get another chance for another two months, um, maybe potentially even three to get a buyer. So they're keen to do a deal as well. That's so, really interesting to know, isn't it? So basically end of year, December, um, it takes a while for buyers to kick back in through the new year. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Typically we find the cycle is, you know, pretty much at Christmas or the few days before Christmas or the agents shut down um, and then they go away for pretty much six weeks. As much as the agents like to say, oh, look, you know, we're going to work through it. Well, no buyers around. Solicitors are not around for a month. So there's yeah. literally no deals getting done. Um, no one's going to settle between Christmas and New Year. Um, no. So it's just f fairly impossible. And by the time most people come back, they're really mid-Jan, third week of January. So we're not likely to sign contracts till the 1st of um, February. Mm -hmm. So really, most vendors, if they don't sell the, week, the second week of December, they're not going to get a sale. So they are really highly motivated. And for those students who or clients who are in the buying cycle, I would say, look, continue on with it. Because even if you haven't got anything all year, you might find something when it comes to that Christmas period. Yeah. 
and you just never know. Yeah. So, um, so this particular property was that it went to auction, didn't sell. Uh, we we spoke to them after auction, so it was a and the, the vendor and the uh, were keen to do a deal. Uh, we went in and had an inspection. Uh, this was um, Slater and Gordon is the tenant in there. Uh, they have a, a lease um, on the property, but with no options. So, wow. um, and uh, but they there were previously a, a mid tier law firm in there for about seven years before Slater and Gordon bought them out. Right. So they've always been a law firm. So okay. they've got that established tenancy. Um, the vendor previously has done a fit out for the property, so he spent. Uh, three four hundred thousand on doing a fit out a class fit out because as you can see that uh, when you have someone like Slater and Gordon as a tenant you're not just going to put any type of fit out into a property no, it's going to be no. your a class top of the range fit out yes that makes total sense so he spent three or four hundred thousand doing that fit out okay and, and as a did- result that well, as a result, the tenant is paying slightly above market rent because they're paying, they're compensating for the fit out that's in there. Yep. Makes sense. Yep. So that sense, like when you buy and you're going in there, you realize that, okay, you are paying, the tenant is paying slightly higher rent and that's common part and parcel of it because they have a fit out in there that's done specifically for them as well. Makes sense. Um, the, the fact that um, they don't have an option, it's not um, it, it's not a deal breaker uh, because an option is a tenant's option. So it's not really your option. So you can't enforce the option on the tenant, but the tenant has a right to take it up. Now, with Slater and Gordon, if we wanted to put an option into the lease, we would have to go back to their head office back in the, in the, um, in the UK. So it was all going to take too long. So it was more, look, we have a tenant. We have an established history. Um, this didn't have an option. So we just take it part and parcel with it. Yeah. And so um, how many years were there left on the lease term? There were three years left on the lease term. Oh, okay. That's a good amount of time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's still a good amount of time. Um, the, um, we ended up getting, and this was a, this was when you say one of those total flukes, but we do get quite a lot of flukes every week. We always say we have a fluke every week. <laughs> that's so, pretty impressive uh, Helen I don't, don't think it's yeah. a fluke I think it's due to your um radar being open your experience and due diligence happening um but please do continue yeah so it was um so that the fit out was absolutely you know there's nothing to fault that that property and with a law firm like that they just don't have anything that goes wrong with something like that so yeah. you know you're not going to find the toilet's not going to work or you're not going to find the taps in the kitchen not working you're not going to find you're not going to find any of these things in a law firm like that it just doesn't happen so, so there's nothing more know, to do you know sorry nothing more on. to do yeah when you go to an inspection you're not expecting anything unusual anything any mate you expect all the maintenance to be up there sure. um so this particular property itself was in a complex. Um, it was built a while ago in North Lakes before North Lakes became the boom that it was. This is um, North, Lakes, North Lakes just outside of in Brisbane. Brisbane. Yeah. yeah. So North Lakes is, um, it's a, for lack of a better um, description, it is a created suburb. It's a suburb that um, used to have a lot of the warehouses in. So your mega Bunnings are in there. Your mega Ikeas are in there. Your, your home marts are in there. So it's where all the big... Um, the big retailers went out there and basically built warehouses out there. Right. And when that, and that attracted a lot of people, it became a destination. So then as a flow on, there were retail and then there was office. And then we had um, some, some developments that came through and this particular development was probably built 
uh, I'd say about 15 years ago, so before North Lakes really took off. Oh. Um, and it's, it's now been filled with all professional tenants. So you've got your legal tenants, you've got um, downstairs, you've got some medical tenants, you've got some allied health tenants, you've got your accountants. So they're all very, very professional tenants in that actual complex mm-hmm. itself. Um, and then you would uh, – so while it's a little bit dated, uh, the professional tenants and the hub that it is already created – uh, it sort of leans itself to be uh, a really professional hub. So that's what I liked about it. Uh, but since then, since this deal was done, and this was done a couple of years ago, uh, end of 2017, uh, mm-hmm. so it settled in 2018, um, this actually was uh, the, the lady who bought this property. She's in her 30s and she had um, some equity in her home, in her house, and she did. Um, she drew down on that equity to buy a commercial property, uh, and that the income from that property actually replaced two thirds of her income. Two thirds of her income. Okay, so yeah. should we look at some of these numbers um, while you're describing her her scenario because it's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. So it's a um, so this particular property is uh, eight hundred and ninety thousand dollars in purchase price. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was doing about a ten percent yield at the time. Uh, it had a three year lease, okay. and um, it was uh, so the lady herself was earning around sixty sixty five thousand working for a community service organisation, mm-hmm. um, and so this positive cash flow cleared about forty four thousand afterwards in positive cash flow. The positive cash flow, that's after her... Um, all outgoings, all mortgages. And her mortgage, else. yeah. Okay, so yeah. she was pocketing, after her mortgage payments and interest payments, she was pocketing more than 44000 a year, just over 44000 yeah, yeah. a year. Yep. Yeah, okay. yep, she was. Yeah, yep. so absolutely. Um, and she was only earning $65,000 a year in, in her PAYG job. Okay, so I've just collect, uh, calculated that to three, just over three thousand seven hundred uh, a month, which is beautiful yeah. passive cash flow. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yeah, and and so just in one property, um, and the the amazing thing about this was when she bought it, this was a right time for a lot of developers were still coming into the area mm-hmm. and developing, and since then the yield has compressed. Now, what happens in commercial property? The value of a property goes up as the return or the yield drops. So the yield in North Lakes is sitting around seven to seven and a half percent at the moment. Right. Yes. Okay. So she's got a massive capital gains somewhere in the last two years, uh, close to forty percent in capital gains on that property. Oh, that's outstanding. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah. she's had a forty percent growth uh, in yeah. the property value in terms of com- compared to its its income, which is the yield. Uh, which yes. we've talked about, and she purchased it at a ten percent yield, and because it's gone down to approximately seven percent, that's yeah. uh, that equates to um, capital growth in your commercial property, which we'll cover in detail again in another podcast. But I absolutely love that. What a what a gem of a property you found for her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, and yeah, so- no, no, that was that was a, a phenomenal property, and only when we sat down and went through everything. Um, uh, did we go, did we understand that, uh, does she actually understand when the mortgage broker broke it down to her, this is your repayments, this is your cash flow, this is like your, what you have left. And she was like, oh my God, like, you know, <laughs> and it yeah. takes a few months for it to all sink in when you're actually getting that money and you go, oh wow, I'm actually getting this cash flow. Yeah. When it actually comes in. Yep. 
That's absolutely phenomenal. Um, so to say, do we have any updates um, at this point in time on her property? Are they looking to um, sign up a new lease or do we not have any updates at this point in time? We don't have any point in time at the moment. All um, It's been set and forget for all that time. So it's for 18 months now, been set and forget, no issues from the tenant, um, always pays on time. So nothing really has at the moment has been... Um, has come off that property at the moment. So if you don't hear from someone, it's good news. It is good news. It means, as you said, they're paying on time. She's getting her rent uh, and all's flowing smoothly. So can I just take this moment to ask you a little bit about what you mean about set and forget in commercial property, since this yeah, is a good example yeah. of one? Yeah, a lot of people um, don't understand the concept of set and forget. So there's, there's the type of property that you buy and there's not much you can do with it. So this is the type of property that you buy and there's nothing you can do with it. So you're not going to go in there and change the tenant because the tenant's fine as it is themselves. They're very established. You're not going to go there and split that premise into two because the tenant, again, very established, happy where they are, taking using up the full space. Um, you are This type of property there is nothing for you to do on the property. So there's no maintenance, nothing for you to do on this property. So there's nothing for you to do. All you have to do is collect the cash flow. And that's why it's a set and forget because most of um, the work you have to do on this property is buying it, finding it, buying it, getting through the finance. And then afterwards it just ticks over. Beautiful. That's um, yeah. And there, obviously there are some people who that, you know, for whom that strategy is the most appealing out of other strategies for personal reasons. Um, so thanks for going yep. through that. So basically a set and forget is really you do the hard work in finding the property, doing your due diligence, checking everything out, making sure the numbers work for you. And then because it's usually a strata unit or it's already taken care of sort of in terms of its maintenance and there's nothing for you to sort of change no fit outs to do um you call it a set and forget you just collect the cash and it you know comes in month in month out yep absolutely absolutely so um Beautiful. and that's that's really that's really what it's about it's about um building this the the cash flow foundation yeah because i know that that's a strategy you like um students to use when they're looking at uh, doing a little bit more down the track with their investment portfolio and commercial property, but a good set and forget one that generates cash flow to begin with or consistent cash flow then enables them to take on some of your other strategies. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's um, when you first start out and you're looking at what, where you're going to go, um, most people's portfolio are negative because we've come through, you know, a couple of decades where people buy negatively geared properties. So yeah, where we're just going to go, we have, we have to get away from that mindset. Um, and most of the time your, your cash flow is negative. So the bank's not going to lend you any more money. So you need to plug that hole. So in order to do it, your first property is most likely going to have to need some kind of cash flow to be able to plug that hole. Yeah. That makes total sense. Brilliant. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you so much for walking us through this blue chip property in North Lakes of Brisbane. And I look forward to another case study coming up soon on the next podcast. Thank you, Helen. Fantastic. Thank you, Namiki. See you. You've been listening to Commercial Property Cashflow Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe to this podcast so you do not miss any of my valuable tips and strategies. 
Now, if you're wanting more detailed education and training, I have a free webinar you can attend. Just click on the link in the show notes and it will take you there. And if you're ready to invest in commercial property with guided assistance and you want to talk to us, book into your free consultation. Find out more about it on helentarrant.com. I can't wait to share with you more of my tips and strategies in upcoming episodes. So really make sure you subscribe. This is Helen Tarrant signing off. See you on the next podcast.